How you guys doing? How's everybody doing? Um, we are back and we are very excited to be back. Uh, before we get started, Josh, Derek, how you guys doing out there? Doing good. Yeah, hanging in there. Derek, do you have drink? Do you have drink in hand? Drink in hand, yes. Nice. Very nice. We've been talking about our experiences with music, uh, both how we purchase, how we listen, how we sort of create our own environment with, with music that we're listening to. And this, this topic kind of got in my head, um, although it's not the first time, I, was, um, I watched the documentary about Tower Records, All Things Must Pass. I don't know if either of you guys seen it. If you haven't, it's, it's, it's very good. Um, Tower Records certainly played a huge part in my sort of musical development or history. Um, it, was, it, it was the place to go to just browse, even if you didn't have money. And it was just a very welcoming environment uh, to, to learn. Um, there was the punk rock section you could go to. There, of course, was the mainstream rock. There was a classical section. There was a jazz section. And some of those rooms were, were, were kind of cordoned off. So you had an opportunity to browse and, and listen and, and, and talk to the guy behind the desk. And, and at that time, it was, it was a huge part of life, like purchasing music, um, you know, saving up and going into that store. And of course, with the, uh, the, the growth of digital music and streaming, some of that experience has changed for us. Um, and then recently, we've all uh, sort of heard the news about how vinyl has overtaken CDs and sales. And it just got us all thinking about why and, and, and how, how we got to this point and sort of what it means for the future of how we purchase music and how we experience music. So that's a... Uh, that's our that's our topic for today, and I think that it has the the, the sort of possibility of going off in different directions. But uh, we'll try to we'll try to stay on point <laughs> as much as possible this time. But um, but uh, for you guys, do you do you recall the age that you your to a record store or any place where there was music sold and kind of kind of it became you? It, you know, became less about oh, there's there's records over there. I, I'm not sure about them and more about really being, really being attracted to, uh, to the browsing and the purchasing and flipping through the vinyl at that time. Uh, for me, it was, um, well, it was kind of, kind of a couple different stages. Uh, my granddad, um, his basement was kind of like that place to go to cause he had old, a lot of old, jazz records and as you guys know from conversations before that was my intro to jazz was through my 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 granddad's uh jazz collection which was voluminous just tons so it was always fun to go down there and to kind of browse through his record collection and he wasn't one of these guys who was like oh don't touch this or don't touch that he was like Hey man, you know whatever you wanted to listen to, he was more than happy to uh, to play it. And then, and then, then to me, for me, my favorite part of of grabbing any any record is that there was always he knew exactly where he got every album. There was a story behind you know 
every artist, you know, John Coltrane, whatever it was, picked up kind of blue Miles Davis. He would give you, he would give you the whole lineup of every player on the album. He just knew it all. And, and that, and, and where he bought it from, it could have been Chicago. It could have been Detroit. It could have been wherever he got it from. He knew exactly where he got it. And there was a story. So, and then later on, <clears throat> when I started going to record stores, it was cool, but it was never as cool as going down to my grandpa's basement. Yeah. 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 But I mean, the, the fact that you were exposed to those, those albums and you had an opportunity to talk about it. I mean, that that's incredible. It wasn't like I, I told you before, it wasn't until much later that I, I was, um, I had an opportunity to learn about jazz kind of on my own for, you know, you know for me, my, my parents were firmly rooted in, uh, in, you know, American soul and R and B. I would have loved to have had that fuller conversation and context, um, of music, uh, along with jazz. So that's awesome that you had that, you had that opportunity, not just to listen, but to also learn and, and understand the history. Josh, for you? For me? Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard to follow that, Derek. Like, <laughs> that was like touching and stuff. And I'm like, oh, man, my grandpa didn't even have a basement, much less a music collection. Um, yeah, so, but, you know, in a similar vein, I think before I was really able to go out to the record stores myself and just like have my kind of own identity, my sister is like a year and a half older than me, like one grade ahead. And she and I have been, you know, really close uh, frenemies <laughs> for, since birth, you know, being, uh, what do they call Irish twins uh, kind of thing. So she, she was a, a cooler kid and much more of a rebel than I was. And even from a young age, like she would be the first to kind of introduce me to new music. Uh, you know, like we were listening to things like uh, Def Leppard. Like she was huge into Def Leppard. And so I kind of got into that and Guns N' Roses and, you know, all the hard rock kind of stuff, which she still likes. But then, you know, in the nineties, as she's hitting her formative teen years, uh, just a step ahead of me, she was the first one to get into really cool stuff. Like I remember I would just go in like whenever she wasn't there so I could try to steal a CD, uh, you know, and look at Radiohead, Pablo Honey, uh, you know, mm. Nirvana, like she was the first person to really introduce me to that. And even The Cure, uh, everything. So I would just like kind of browse through her CDs and uh, and just kind of, you know, kind of adopted a lot of my personality uh, as, as like the dorkier, less rebellious version of her. Um, and, uh, and that was cool. But then I kind of, you know, got to where, you know, when I got a car, because we lived in a really small town. So other than Walmart, there really wasn't any kind of store, music store that was close enough for me to, you know, have mom take me. But when me and my friends hit driving age, we could go up to Fort Smith, Arkansas, which had, you know, a Hastings, uh, which is kind of like, you know, Tower Records of the South, Mid-South. And, uh, and then they, they had this one used record store, right? Or like CD shop where people could bring in their old CDs and they would pay you money for it. So, you know, there's like rows of Fleetwood Mac CDs that have 
you know, help financially support Matt uh, there for a little while. And, uh, you know, I, it would it would be really fun to go in there because they, they had, you know, a small selection of newer CDs, you know, uh, out as well. But it was really being able to dive into those crates and get into some CDs. And the guys at the counter were kind of like the music version of comic book store guy where they were like very like, Oh, you know, we are the gatekeepers of good music and you young child coming in here wearing this, uh, Nirvana t-shirt. Like you're going to have to earn that David Bowie CD. Uh, cause I remember I was buying one David Bowie CD. I think it's probably just like changes Bowie or like one of the compilations. Uh, and the guy behind the counter was like, oh, you think you like David Bowie? Like, well, who played guitar on this? And I'm like, ah, this person, uh, which I guess I forget, forget now which song it was. But uh, then he it kind of surprised him because I thought he, he thought he was going to educate me. But I had heard that like on, I don't know, like a morning news show, like sort of more trivial knowledge than <laughs> like true investigative work. So he just happened to choose the one thing that I knew really about David Bowie. Uh, so he allowed me to buy that. And then that was a really good place that me and my friends would go to and just, you know, they had the CD listening stations. So you could try the CD out and listen. And man, I listened to so much stuff uh, that I didn't buy uh, there in the shop. and got some good stuff because where i got my first rancid cd so that was mm. yeah but yeah it was probably around you know 95 around there that's when i when i hit the i forget how much younger you are than me until right. you talk about when you when you were looking <laughs> yeah. for music 95 um yeah the, the uh the story you were telling about or you were talking about the people behind the counter it's 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 crazy how much influence at a certain time, those people behind the counter had not just what was played in the store, but the fact that like just your browsing and just what you were picking up, uh, th there was a lot of there was a lot of sort of proving yourself that was going on, like how like how deep could you dive into what was available. And I think that luckily for me, that really expanded what I was listening to. Um, like I said, uh, you know, so 83, 84 is when I started like purchasing music on my own, like singles. Um, and that, at that time, it was a place called Gemco, which was which, which predates Target. I think actually a lot of Gemcos became Targets, and they used to have a little little um, music section in the corner. That's, I used to just go there and flip through albums, and I didn't know what I wanted to purchase. I I, I I did know that I wanted to purchase the first Madonna album, which is the first I, I believe it was the first album I ever purchased on my own full full album, and then Prince's Purple Rain was the second. I know I bought those like in pretty quick succession of each other. But before that, it was a lot of singles, um, a lot of 45s that I purchased. But I remember listening to the music that was playing. And I also remember seeing album covers that just frightened me, that scared. I, rem I, I, I specifically remember Ozzy Osbourne's Bark at the Moon mm. um, and, uh, and Diary of a Madman. I think Diary of a Madman was the one that really, really frightened me. It's, it's the, the photo with Ozzy holding a crucifix and just looking very sinister um and i would even when i yeah i knew i didn't want to purchase it i didn't know what it was about i would still go over there and quickly look at them and then walk away i think i did that with judas priest records as well um i just liked the album cover art but uh but at tower records um and there was also a little small shop and i really wish i could remember the um the name of the 
shop in, in, in Yorba Linda, California. But this gentleman had a, had a store that was open for not very long. It was probably a year and a half. Um, part of the reason is because it was Yorba Linda, California, that is very much um, very white, uh, very beige, very, very boring middle class. Um, and he specialized in R&B and hip hop and soul music. And so that's where I, as a kid who was, tr who was trying to navigate uh, like, like groups of like kids who were listening to goth, my, my, my attachment to R&B music brought me to, um, to hip hop rap and R&B. And I was listening at the same time that I was listening to like Bowie and I was listening to like some like, like Bauhaus and Susie and the Banshees. I was also listening to Keith Sweat and Belle Biv DeVoe and I was and my, my first big show that I went to, I went to at the Celebrity Theater in Anaheim. I saw NWA, uh, Ice-T, and then um, Eazy-E did a set. And also King-T, I don't know if any of you remember King-T, but he was, he was also a um, sort of a gangster rapper uh, out of L.A. during that time. Um, and the D I think the DOC actually <laughs> out and, and did something at that time. But it was, uh, it was quite the experience. And then I remember seeing Keith Sweat and Johnny Gill at the forum. So my, my, I was all over the place and it largely was because I would go into record stores and, 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 and at certain times there were certain people that were, that were working and their knowledge won out. Like who was ever most passionate, usually, you know, that's what was playing at the time. So you kind of knew who the people were that were playing hip hop or that were playing, you know, um, heavy metal and, 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 and other, and other, music, but it, it certainly became a, um, uh, I don't know, it was almost like an act of defiance to, to, to not stick to the same type of music. You know, I was buying Fugazi records at the same time that I was buying um, like, uh, like BDP, like Boogie Down Productions albums. So that certainly helped, it certainly helped having those record stores around. Um, so there is the outside of the home and then there's inside of the home um you know your your actual listening experience like how you sit down how you listen to it whether it's with groups of people or on your own um and we're talking about the mediums we're talking about of course this 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 reemergence over the last several years of vinyl um after a time of compl almost complete dominance by streaming services that saw a lot of our favorite record stores close down and a lot of people really turned off by paying, you know, paying um, a lot of money to maintain their 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 record collections or or, or to purchase CDs. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people went to streaming. But for you guys, uh, has there always been a medium that kind of speaks to you that that, that you prefer? Um, I mean, again, I know people that, that do prefer digital only because they have access to everything and they can make their playlists and everything else. But um, is, is there something that's always kind of resonated with you and that you, you stick to? I think for me, it's, it's kind of like a multifaceted kind of thing. It's like, for me, I love the physicality of owning, you know, an album. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, my, my grandfather having a, such a vast, you know, vinyl collection. But even absent that, there's still something. I think we're still tied to having that physical 
object that we can, you know, we can we can go out, we can we can browse, we could we can purchase it, we can carry it home with us. I even keep the receipt. Every 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 vinyl record that I buy, I always slip the receipt down into the uh, the album cover. So, yeah. and it's like kind of like this little physical memento that I, I know that when I bought it, you know, to be there 10, 20, 30 years from now, I'll have this, uh, this receipt that I have with this, with this record. It's kind of almost like a package deal that you're building layers and layers of nostalgia. I know where I bought it from. I have the receipt. Um, I have the record. I put the receipt in the record, <coughs> excuse me. And then I save that record. So 20, 30 years from now, my sons have already calling. They're already calling. They're they're already calling dibs on my record collection. So, <laughs> so and they're only the twins are seventeen, and my youngest one is is fifteen. So you know it's kind of cool that I, I that, that my kids are are right now interested in it, and they kind of see the value um, of it. So it's kind of cool. But uh, for me, it was kind of also how you were saying, John, how you were influenced by, you know, you know, at home. And then when you're in the streets, but for me, it was like a little deeper than that because I went to, I went to all white school. So I had to be versed to be accepted into that clique. I had to be versed in everything that they liked. So it was a quiet ride. It was, <laughs> it was the, it was the Ozzy Osbourne. It was, it was Judas Priest and I could name, and that's the funny thing about kind of my experience I had my grand, I had my grandpa, so I got the jazz influence. I went to all white school, so I got all that influence, and I had to be very well versed in all of these. And I had my, I had my cousins who lived in town, and whatever they were, you know, whatever they were playing, I had to I knew that also. So it was like I, I had all these different. It was almost like you know, it was it was it was basically code switching but in a musical sense, because I could, I could code switch from the rock, you know, of the suburban, uh, you know, experience. And then I could code switch to what my grandpa, but I still had to, you know, he would quiz me <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, who, who is this? And I, and I would, even to this day, I can tell you when Miles Davis is playing horn. I mean, you can, you can, once you listen and I can tell you from who's playing guitar from West Montgomery, from whoever. I mean, I, 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 I mean, you kind of know who's playing trumpet or you, who's playing drums, who's playing trombone, if it's J.J. Johnson or is it Delfeo Marcellus? You know, I can tell you the difference. They have an, uh, they have a voice through that, uh, through that instrument. Ben Webster saxophone sounds different than Dexter Gordon saxophone, which sounds different than, you know, Sun Ra. You know, it, it's it's all different, and you had to be attuned to that. And with jazz, it's a little more different because there are no voices. There's this how they play, how they sound when they play. So, and I think that you know, vinyl will always be my preferred medium of listening to any music. I think that's you know almost the truest that analog to me carries a lot of weight. Yeah. Do you listen to it like in with headphones, like when you're listening to a record or do you have like some really good speakers that can hear all the hi-fi uh, elements that you, you would just miss out in digital? I have both. I have headphones. I have really good headphones and I have uh, a really good pair 
uh, speakers. But for me, it's less about, I'm less of a purist about, I mean, it's great to listen to something on a great pair of speakers or great uh, set of headphones. But to me, it's all about the music. I mean, you could play John Coltrane or whatever uh, on any on anything coming out of a tin can and it's going to I'm going to have a reaction to it so I'm not a purist in the sense that I have to listen to it in a certain way uh it's just it's just the music itself that 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 moves me yeah yeah I'm not much of an audiophile myself like I have some nice speakers like or some like vintage pioneer floor speakers uh I haven't even hooked them up yet and I've lived in here since January. Uh, but they're just kind of cool looking next to my TV. Uh, but, yeah, I had a friend in Seattle who was like a really high-end audiophile. And I went over to his house and he was like showing me like how, the difference in sound from just a regular CD of Dark Side of the Moon to this, uh, I don't know if it was a HD DVD audio but it was like some really high end. It was still digital, but it was like a really, uh, I guess, uh, high bit rate and really uh, detailed version of it. So it was as close, I guess, to you know the hi-fi sound of like not having to compress to fit on a CD. It had more room. But anyway, you could with his like surround sound speakers. It felt like you were in the room with them, like playing live. And, right. you know, it, it was this, it was the closest thing to the high end, uh, record player that he had was this like HD DVD, uh, or I forget what it's high def CD. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like a high definition CD. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a format yeah. that really didn't take off too much, I guess, or maybe no. it's like huge in the audio file circles, but you know, it's not at uh, Best Buy. You'll but, find them next You'll find them next to the laser discs in 30 years in some museum. Uh, laser discs, right? <laughs> um, but the crazy thing is, he had a Takamichi tape player, and it was, I think he said he paid like five grand for this tape player. And I was like, oh, hey, I've got tape players. You want to buy one? I got a bunch of uh, But he put in this, this tape, and it was just like this wild music. Uh, and it just felt, it, again, felt like you were in the room. Like, I didn't know you could get that much quality out of a tape cassette. And I was like, oh, this is great. What is this? He's like, oh, it's a soundtrack to Dick Tracy from like, you know, with Madonna in it. And I was just like, oh, weird. Okay. I thought it was like some sort of experimental jazz record or something because it had like a lot of odd sounds at the beginning of the song, you know? And, uh, and he was like, yeah, I just bought it at the thrift store. Like, it's really good tape. Uh, but, yeah. So <laughs> he would, like, that in, with him and, and, like, all his equipment, like, I could hear a distinct difference from one medium to the next. When I'm at home, like, I have a record collection, uh, but I collect it more as just mementos than listening to it, like, every now and then I'll break out the record player and like have a very intentional music listening moment. But most of the time, uh, I'd say 90% of the music in my world, in my house comes from my TV. Uh, Mm. 
is I have the Roku smart TV and it has, you know, either I'm like, just got it on YouTube, put it on a playlist or streaming Spotify through that. But when I have my daughter, uh, I like to keep eighties music playing in the background, you know, just a little bit. And uh, so iHeartRadio has a, their 80s station and I've listened to that uh, probably like a good 12 hours over the weekend when I had her just playing in the background and you know it's fun because good song comes on you can dance with her yeah but uh yeah it's weird like as much of a music lover as I am I find I'm too busy if I'm not like taking a, a bit of a road trip or something to really focus and listen to music. Uh, yeah. It's just kind of an incidental thing that is running in the background. Well, we promised when we started this podcast that, that we, we weren't going to be the voices of the music snobs. And I think that coming right out and saying that, you know, a lot of times it's just convenience, right? It's just, you know, you want to listen to something immediately or in, in Josh, in your case, like having like music playing through the TV. I know there's audio files out there who listen to podcasts and they, ex- there's some expectation that like, we're going to be turned off by the idea of listening th- to music through your, through your televisions, th- through your television speakers. But I mean, that is just, uh, so there is the conversation, um, talking about like not being audio files. There is the conversation about music quality. Now we're talking about music experience. I've always thought that the, the, the sort of music quality conversation is a little filled with BS because, I mean, there are people that genuinely love vintage uh, stereo equipment. And I mean, I have a, I have a 70s Harman Kardon 430 receiver and I have two 70s era Advent loudspeakers that are beautiful. Like I do love the way that they sound, but I'm, I'm also not like, BSing myself into believing that like there are there you know there are CDs there is digital music that from sort of a clean perfect pristine standpoint sure it sounds amazing um, what I won't walk away from in terms of arguing sound quality is the warmth argument which a lot of people who listen to vinyl they, they will say that they say it sounds warmer there's just a quality that you don't get from digital music I don't want to sound like I understand everything about how um, how the sound is processed and 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 whether it is better or worse. I will say though that um, listening to vinyl, I do get less sort of ear fatigue or listening fatigue than I do with especially streaming music. I can only listen to streaming music through headphones for like a, you know maybe an hour at a time before my ears start to hurt. Um, there is a very, it's true, there is a very sort of warm quality in that imperfection, I guess, of listening to analog, listening to vinyl. Um, and I will not walk away from that mm-hmm. argument, but I'm not a music, I'm not a, I'm not an audiophile either. I just, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I just love the way that Harman Kardon receiver looks. It just looks really pretty. <laughs> and when it's dark and the, and the lights are down, the green from the dial and then the little red button that's on. God, I just love looking at it. So, yeah, guilty as charged. Right. I mean, I'm kind of the same way. Web. I have an Audio Technica turntable, and I love you know all my gear is tucked away in a cabinet. But I, I love the way the lights. You know, you turn off the lights, and you have that all that glow. You know, from the turntable. 
it kind of just it kind of just adds a little you know ambience to the to the whole experience um, yeah so absolutely yeah with um with streaming music i mean that's 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 kind of the the um that's sort of the great divide right that happened for a lot of us like there was an experience that we all had as kids there was something that we experienced in the 90s um you know we still had the record stores there were still the virgin mega stores and in la there's amoeba uh, in san francisco and la um there, of course, this tower. There, there, there were all these. There were all these big record stores, and then Napster came along, and then all of the streaming services came along, and we all kind of saw either the record stores go away, or people just change, or how we're listening to music. I mean, I mean, I'll admit as as, as much as now I talk about like you need to support small record labels and we, and, and record stores and artists. I, mean, I was burning CDs in the middle of the night, like just letting that thing run because it was just convenience. And I, at the time I, I didn't have a lot of money and I thought, wow, this, this is good. Not knowing sort of the business. I mean, unless you were listening to Lars Ulrich uh, go off on his rants, you really didn't know uh, a lot about the effect that it was having on the individual artists uh, and the labels. But as we now have an opportunity to look back on how that all played out, do you guys have opinions about whether the streaming explosion, ooh, that's a, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> the explosion of streaming music uh, has, 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 had, has had a positive effect on the music industry or, or do you think it's, it's had a negative effect? I think it's a little bit of both, I think, but uh, I think that, you know, coming now, speaking from, uh, from where I am now, and then trying to look back on how I was then, there's a bit of hypocrisy because when you're young, it's like when the streaming service exploded and then the whole, you know, the iPod, it was like everything else. It was it, it was about volume because you never had an ability to carry around that much volume of music at any other time. It was a cassette at a time that you listened to. And, it, and you know, even if you did a mixtape, it was only 60 minutes or 90 minutes, whatever, 120 minutes. It was whatever you had. But then when you got the streaming service and you got your iPods, it was limitless. I was buying music just because I wanted to, to get as many songs as I possibly could have. Uh, I remember having this CD changer. You can have a six CD changer and a nine. And it's always been about, you know, and every, and it's always been about how many or how much. I remember buying an old turntable where you could stack the vinyls, you know, and they would drop when one was, you know, when they would, when one was done, you know, would drop, the next one would drop down and play. But the streaming service and the iPod revolution just kind of like gave you, a level of access to music that was just unheard of. Uh, so we were all in, I was all in. And so was everyone else at, the, at that age. So I'm not going to say that it was bad. You know, to me at that, when I was 18, 19, 20, 21, it was, it was awesome. And I loved it. Um, in retrospect, we can always look back and say, well, this was the end of some uh, store or, you know, small record uh, shop but at the time, who cared? I mean, we didn't yeah. care. It, it was like we'd be we'd be hypocrites to think that we were caring about 
you know, all of that stuff. We just didn't care. It was about, I want as much music I could possibly get. And this is really cool. Um, yeah, you, you can see now in hindsight that how it harmed uh, a lot of businesses. And now that I'm older, I'm more conscious of that. And I do make a, a, a conscious decision now to support my local record store, which is in East Lansing, uh, black, flat, and circular. When I was in Chicago, in Wicker Park, it was Reckless Records. When I was up in uh, Minneapolis, it was uh, Electric Athetis Records. So it's like, you know, wherever I was at, but, that, but that's my older self, you know, respecting the business there. But when I was younger, it didn't matter. Wait, uh, um, you said Electric Fetus Records. That's that's Minneapolis, right? That, that, that's what you said. Sorry, right. I just missed where, the location. Right, okay. exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, it's actually it's actually St. Paul. St. Paul. Okay, I uh, I was fortunate to make a visit there once. It's a it's a wonderful place. It's huge. Yeah, it is. Uh, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know, we're talking about the the, the the independent record stores, and and we definitely should shout out like. It, um, our locals now uh, for me here in Bozeman, Montana, uh, it's Cactus Records. who absolutely love them. When I was in Southern California, there was numerous independent record uh, record stores that, or small record stores that were pretty famous. I think I think I think the Offspring made Bionic Records famous because right. I think Bionic right. Records appeared in one of their videos. Right. But there was Bionic Records, there was Vinyl Solution, and then downtown Fullerton, equally as famous, uh, was Bionic. I mean, sorry, uh, Black Hole Records, uh, Black Hole Records in Fullerton. But it's interesting. Those small stores never closed down during right. the streaming. So, and so this is where I, I've, I've always been on the fence about like, okay, what were the real negative effects of this, uh, you know, of the streaming revolution? Because we had been hearing from artists for years before that, that they weren't making any money from record for, for, from from record sales, and that they were in fact getting ripped off by the labels that you know were um, that they were signed to. I think you know, obviously, there's the famous stories about like Tom Petty uh, and others who are who are sort of fighting these these record labels. But if we're to be if if we're to believe those arguments, the artists all along were making their money from touring um, right. and for merchandise sales, and so. Um, it you know for somebody like like Lars Ulrich, they probably had some sort of deal with the record label because they were already huge at that time. That meant that they were probably making more money off of their record sales than a lot of a lot of other artists were. But what we do, but what we see is that it was the Tower Records, um, the Virgin Mega Stores, those closed down. And I would argue that they need to look at themselves and ask who were they trying to attract as customers during that streaming revolution. Because the way that I saw it when I was walking in record stores, they weren't appealing to the people who were buying albums. They weren't appealing to the, the regular customer. They were appealing to people who were buying singles. And if you were buying singles, you were likely buying, or are you not buying, you were likely ripping it off from Napster because uh, you were just putting your compilations together. And I think that if you know places like Tower Records had appealed to their, you know, to their true base of of, of, of loyal customers. I think they probably could have survived. Um, and then for artists, I think some of the positive 
effect that came out of it is that, you know, a lot of them started their own labels. A lot of them gained control over how they were distributing their music, how they were marketing their music. Um, and I don't know. I think we're all, I think we, we've, we've all been, we were all probably were exposed to a lot more uh, music during that period um, as well that maybe we wouldn't have. I mean, shoot, instead of buying one, one album or, you know, there were the times that you could download what, you know, like somebody's entire catalog in one shot. I know that's terrible, but you could do it. <laughs> um, but is it, I mean, I don't, I don't know whether it's necessarily a terrible thing because I think the more that you have access to music, I think record stores and just like uh, radio stations and any other service or, or, or medium, whereas music is played, it's only an advertisement for the artist that you love, which will translate a lot of times when that artist comes to town, you're going to buy a ticket and go see them or if they're yeah. close, yep. you know, I think that's all what it trans, you know, they're, they're advertising who they are and you follow up with the music and that trans, and that's why they tour because if you listen to the music, no matter what the, what, no matter what medium you're consuming that music, you still want to see these people when they come into town and you still want to own that t-shirt. You still want to have that merchandise um, at, at some point. So I think that the, 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 the fall of the, the, the uh, corporate record uh, stores, because they're running, their overhead is, is so huge. I mean, you're talking about a, a mom and pop, their overhead, it's not as big as a Tower Records or a Virgin Records. I mean, there's a local uh, place where they can, you know, they can sell T-shirts, they can sell the album, they can sell whatever, but their overhead is, is, isn't as great. But they still need a percentage of people to come in. I just think it's, it's, it's volume. You have to sell, I mean, Tower Records have to sell so many more records and, and, uh, and generate so much more money than a mom and pop would have to, to survive alone just paying their uh, employees or, or maintaining that, that massive inventory that stretches from the East coast all the way to the West coast. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. so Josh, you, you've had some, I mean, you, you worked in the music industry a bit, uh, but more on the sort of video production side. If, if I remember correctly, is that, is that, yeah. is that right? I did a couple music videos. You did a couple of work. <laughs> I wouldn't say I did them. I, I, I did a uh, friend's music video, but I never edited edited the video. Yeah, but but I know we've done That's we've, my we've claim talked. to fame is I want <laughs> videotapes from people and then did nothing with it. Uh, <laughs> thanks for bringing that up, John. <laughs> no, no problem. There's still time. You can do more. Um, <laughs> it's on VHS. How am I going to answer? <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> hey, I heard that. I heard that VHS is making a comeback. Oh yeah, probably yeah. Well, I mean, maybe, the video side of records, right? Maybe the right. laser disc. We'll bring up the laser Ooh. disc again. This is the most the laser disc has been talked about in about thirty years. Right. Yeah. Uh, but no, we we've had conversations about sort of the business side of of, of music as well, and so I'm, I'm curious to get your take on sort of how how you think streaming. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a blessing and a curse. I think it's a blessing for music fans to just have more at their fingertips uh, and allow people to go down those rabbit holes and discover a lot more things a lot easier. Uh, and then the curse is just disrupting the industry. 
So I don't feel super bad for the giant record labels or the chain uh, stores, you know, but even behind that, there are people who, you know, were managers and workers at those. So it always sucks when someone loses their job from this kind of disruption. Um, But, you know, the market writes itself out. And now I'd say it's, it's a, it's a way better environment just for music in general. Right. Uh, But where it really does suck is where it there, since there's access to so much, it's a little bit harder for like, say a mid-level band to get enough true fans to have like a a traveling, uh, you know, uh, tour that, that pays enough to, you know, take some home and actually do something with the money other than just enough to pay for gas. So, you know, it's kind of, it, it really has even more injected independent marketing into the music industry because other than just the few people that the record companies know they're going to sink a million dollars into a marketing campaign to make them bigger, uh, you know, you kind of have to do it yourself at a certain at a certain level and just make sure that your performances are enough to drive, bring people in. And then COVID hits and it's like, you know, friends who are working musicians, like, you know, is that going to be a big struggle for them? Uh, which brings up a different way of listening to music is the streaming concerts that mm-hmm. have gotten even more popular now. Yeah. Right. Um, I, you know, the first one I went to a virtual concert was for a guy I went to college with JD McPherson, uh, a rock and roll guy, you know, kind of a little bit rockabilly, a little bit just, you know, garage little soul in there. Like he's like, Little Richard was a farm kid from Oklahoma uh, and white. I think he's a little Native American too. I don't know. It's Oklahoma, so it's, everyone is a little bit. But, but anyway, A, I'll just say nicest guy ever and most talented dude I've ever met, both musically, film, and painting. He's, he's insane. But he had an album out, Signs and Signifiers, that came out uh, 10 years ago. And so this year was going to be sort of the – uh, like a reunion tour or, or you know a reboot of that we playing the whole album live going around doing all these shows and you know that album was like a top pick by NPR that year like JD is a, a musician's musician right like uh, but he had to cancel that tour and he did the virtual concert there and it was a you know, it was kind of, it was, it was sad because I wanted to see him live because he's fantastic, but it made it very intimate, you know, the, the yeah. way they had it all set up and it was a good time. And you could like have the chat room on the side and just chatting with people, uh, as it went along. And, uh, it wasn't the same, it wasn't as good, but it wasn't that bad, you know? Yeah. So. Well, I can, I can say as somebody who's now 48 years old, I kind of welcome the idea of, a few virtual concerts. I, <laughs> as much as I love live music, my knees are not cut out for standing in a pit um, for several hours while I'm being sweated on. This is sweated, sweated on. Uh-huh. Um, and just, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I saw those. I, I, I saw the, the photos of of a couple of those outdoor concerts now that have those little those little stage, those little 
pod stage setups uh, where there's like four or five people in there and you kind of just hang out with your friends and have some drinks and, you know, the band's playing. And I have to tell you, I know I sound like, you know, get off my lawn, but um, I, I, I really do. <laughs> I really, I'm really looking forward to experiencing that just to just have a nice night of listening to music. Yeah. Not get hurt. <laughs> right. <clears throat> well, like they say, with every new uh, uh, permutation of of anything, there's always, you know, there's always that concession. There's always that give and take. You know, I listen to, actually, I listen to, um, if you guys have been listening to a lot of these, um, um, these, these, uh, these, these song battles or these band battles where they're, where they're pitting, you know, someone's catalog against someone else's catalog. And I was, uh, I actually listened to, um, the, uh, the, the Instagram live of Jill Scott and Erica Badu. And it was very nice. And I've, I've seen a, you know, a few of these, um, but, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. And I think that I'm, I'm with you, uh, you know, John, the last concert I went to was a, a Bonavé concert, you know, and me and my son, you know, we, we drove there and, you know, it was a couple hours driving there and it was all the money for parking and we had to walk and to stand in line and you get into the, uh, the, the venue and then you wait and then you're, you're, you got to go down. If you want a beer, you got to go down in another area and go grab a beer. So yeah. Um, $12 beer and <laughs> we enjoyed it and it was a, a good memory for my son and I but it's like man you know these virtual concerts might be kind of a thing and you know, it's uh -huh. like watching it's like watching uh, a concert or movie from your home you know we watch Hamilton on our outside projector and it's like you know look at all the money you save and it's not just the money it's just it's just convenience yeah you know, I can sit yeah. and I don't have to worry about the guy who's who's talking too loud next to me or someone who's doing this or doing that. I'm in the comfort of my own home and I can and I can I can I can do what I want. And there's no after it's over, I don't have to the hassle of dealing with, you know, getting out of the place and getting back to my car and all the traffic, you know, getting back home in one piece, you know. So, yeah. So, yeah. You guys really sound old. <laughs> <laughs> I like raisin bran and hominy. Hey, at, at the uh, Tibetan Freedom Concert in San Francisco, I can't remember when that was, 1997, 1998, I got hit in the side of the head with a frozen gallon bottle of water that somebody just decided to hurl through the air. Oh. And I had promised myself after that show that maybe it was time that I stopped going to large sort of venue, outdoor festival concerts. Uh, wow. And it was just terrible. And also uh, my girlfriend at the time uh, got yelled at by somebody um, that, that got me into a rage. Like, yeah, it's, um, <laughs> I, do, I, I do feel a little bit like an old guy who's been through like the concert wars and I just want I just want a little bit of peace now. I'll just watch it on TV. But also the the, the opportunities for artists, because uh, you know, I will say that uh, you could look at it as being sort of an opportunist. But you know, I'd 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 pay to get a little peek into what's happening in the studio. You know, I mean, beyond just watching a band play live, 
you know, I'd, I'd love to check out like the rehearsals and the process right. of recording and all these other opportunities that, that, mm -hmm. um, that we could have now, but also, you know, I think the blessing for a lot of, um, that happened right before COVID, or sorry, several years before, is this reemergence, this renaissance of vinyl, which seemed to have been threatening to reappear at numerous points over the last, you know, 25 years or, or you know, whenever CDs were, 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 were just the dominant medium. The, you know, every now and then people would talk about vinyl, but it seems to, to, to be sustaining uh, a high level of interest now. But the saving grace is that, I think for a lot of artists is that it, it happened and, 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 and people are buying music during this period that maybe, um, you know, they don't have the opportunity to get on the road and play live because it is, it is the artifact, right? I mean, that, I mean, a lot of times people are buying vinyl, just like you said, Josh, like you have your vinyl collection there and it's there and you may not be listening to it, but you have that artifact. You have something that you can look back on. You have something you can hand down to your kids it's, you know, that, that is something that, you know, just like the coffee shop, just like all the things that we experienced as kids that have went away. I think that missing that something tangible, um, for a lot of kids that, that, that sort of live, live their lives virtually and, and digitally, um, that they want that artifact. They want something to hold and something to talk about. And the cool thing about yeah. this artifact, I mean, it, it, it's more than just an artifact because there's not too many artifacts that you can spin around in a circle and drop a mm. needle on and they place, yeah. they place down. <laughs> you know? So it, it, yeah. it's like, this is the, this is the coolest because you're capturing the essence of that, of an artist, that, that sound. And there's not too many, I, I can't think of any other artifact that, that has that kind kind of, of, of magic to it than mm. a vinyl record. You know, it's just, you know, like I said, it's just something special about vinyl, unlike any other, you know, type of memento or uh, mirabilia that you can buy at a concert. A T-shirt, they fade. You know, <laughs> just taken care of, you know, it, I mean, you can mess up vinyl, but, you know, it, there's something about taking care of vinyl that in itself is, is cool, you know, taking care of vinyl, you know, making sure it's in this dust cover and make sure it doesn't get any scratches on it and then you, you wipe it down and you, you know, so there's a whole continuous maintenance of this particular artifact. That's all part of the experience, you know? Yeah, it is. I mean, me, it, 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 it is, it is a beautiful process. I mean, it is kind of that, that, that bond that you create with the artist when you, when you do take care of the artifact, cause you just know how much care, you know, it had, it had gone into the process of making that music. It's why, you know, when we started this podcast amongst other things that we've talked about, you know, we talked about criticism of music and that's why I have such a, an issue with, um, with reviews and, and review sites and a lot of music journalists. Um, I, I, I tend I tend to 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 stay away from criticism of music because, in my opinion, if you have the guts to, you know, to write some songs and then and then you know record those and get those out there, then you have you have my ultimate respect. Um, and it is that it is that artifact. I mean, 
the artifact is like um it's like it's like the biggest family you can have you know it's like when your family hands down something from your from your history that is meaningful it says something about you you know all of us have this family of music we have all uh, you know we, we have these pieces of music um or sorry these these pieces of, of plastic these pieces of vinyl and they become they become part of us and it's uh it's the ultimate gift it's the uh it's the ultimate memento it's you know just like you said derek like the t-shirt fades but that 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 piece of vinyl that's as long as you take care of it that's with you that's with you forever so and i think that that audio i think records and music is is the ultimate uh proof that someone existed i mean that audio the voice of someone i mean we're so tied there's nothing that's more uh um reflective of of who a person is in their voice you know mm. you can you can collect whatever you can collect grandma's china you can collect stamps you can collect whatever you want to collect an old car but they don't have voices and there's something that's so special about being able to if you take care of that record i could put on that record and that voice that snapshot of who they were at the time they laid that motherfucker down is still there yeah. you know mm -hmm. there's no you know it doesn't get like the story of the fish that you caught gets bigger and or smaller in the retelling of that tale there you you get a snapshot of that person of whoever whether it's uh you know muddy waters 1963 album whatever that's that's who he was there's no embellishing that it's it's there it's mm. the, the truth of it is in the plane of it and that's that's him uh so I, I think that you can't, there's no other thing. It's almost like, you know, watching a movie, you watch an old Humphrey Bogart, you know, Casablanca, that, that was him. And whenever he, you know, that's him. So, you know, but you can get distracted by the looks of a thing, but there's nothing truer than I think than, than, than the audio, than the music and his ability to, to play that guitar or, or whatever instrument that uh, they played. So I think that's what's special about that particular artifact is that it is immutable. That person was captured and crystallized in the amber of that vinyl record. And it's perfect. Yep. Like Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's also, um, I know you can obviously post about the artifact uh, on social media, but the, the, the experience, since we're talking about music experience, mm -hmm. Was Tom Waits' famous line when he was inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was, uh, uh, "Music is just in, uh, interesting things to be doing with the air." Um, and once that sound is out there, right, it's something that social media can't touch. You can't you can't post about that song being out there, that music being out there, and how you're experiencing it, how you're listening to it. You could try to, and I'm sure people do, but um, but you know, concerts had become um, you know, opportunities to take photos. And luckily, it's, again, as much as I love social media, and I know all of us are, are involved in social media in, in one way or another, um, you know, that, that putting that music out there, it's in the air, it's there, and you're experiencing it. That's, that's yours. That's the, and no 
photo can capture what that means. I don't know. I saw T-Pain once and I got a really kick-ass photo. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but it's, you know, there's nothing like, the, the photos are great. I think photos are great. Those, those, those snapshots and those momentum are great. But as you try to remember what the person said and what, you know, it all, it's, it, it changes. But yeah. that, that, that record doesn't ever change. It's like when I put on whatever, you know, if I put on, you know, uh, you know, Miles Davis, Bitches Brew, it's, it's, it's me that changes. The music never changes. It's always me, you know. So as, as I age and as I listen to this record, I change. So I may go, I may appreciate it more. There's a lot of nostalgia reasons and, and whatever reason like that. And I may hear different things at any different time, but that's me who's changing, yeah. not the music. Uh, but I think that's the cool thing about it is that when I, when I, when I listen to that music, I'm always, I'm always growing into the music and the music is always teaching me something. Although it never changes. It never changes, but I am. And depending on where I am in my life, I pick up different things and it means different things to me. Mm -hmm. um, so. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, we're, we're talking about the process of, of picking up a piece of vinyl, taking it out of the sleeve. You know, you, you, you have to flip it over to, 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 you know, to listen to both sides. There's an investment of time. Right. And, I think that's the wonderful thing about having those there is that they, I know it sounds kind of cheesy and it, it sounds very, um, I think it actually might be somewhat of a line from Almost Famous, which is, you know, visiting your friends, having your friends there. And I, I, I do take comfort in looking over there sometimes and, you know, pulling out a record and, you know, seeing Patti Smith's face or, 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 or seeing a particular piece of art that, that sort of brings back memories. Um, there is a wonderful comfort in knowing that now I'm going to sit down and I'm going to experience this. And you're right. It does change. It does change with you. I mean, there are times when I'll listen to, you know, a Mingus album and I'll feel like, you know, you know, maybe this isn't, maybe this isn't the right time. Um, and I, I, I don't know why there's just something internally that's happening that has sort of changed the way that I've listened to the music. But when you've right. invested your life, in making sure that um, that you've ex that, you, that you've exposed yourself to enough music that it's always there. There is always a friend there that you can turn to when you uh, when you have those times <laughs> and start like reciting right. Beatles lyrics. Um, <laughs> but God, so, you know, again, sitting down and putting it on, but then just having that sleeve sitting on your table, look down at it. There's there's that 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 is just such a beautiful connection. I know I'm repeating myself, but I'm getting cool. all excited now. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. All right. John, you've got me excited. I think we should play a little game that will allow us to recommend some music in a specific way. So here, here, here's the game that I proposed. You guys can change it if you want. Uh, <laughs> what song or out al or what album, what music would you listen to in a really uh, on vinyl in a fully immersed, you got the lights dimmed down, the little glow of the needle casting that perfect ambiance in your room. Uh, what piece of music would you listen to on vinyl? And mm -hmm. then what would you listen to on CD, where and why? 
and the same with tape and then live. So we got four. Do we have to mention a certain mood? Like can, how we you feel? Can go, you can go whichever way you want. So uh, okay. vinyl, CD, tape, live. You want me to go first since I came up with this game? I'll be Yeah, there. go ahead. All right. <laughs> All right. So uh, vinyl, fully immersed, like having headphones on, uh, Radiohead, OK Computer. Uh, it's kind of a concept album, you know, like the songs flow into one another. There's robot voices. So uh, hearing the full production value uh, through the record needle hi-fi system, really good uh, you know, expensive cans. I would want to listen to OK Computer. Do we all own it on vinyl? I do. I do. Derek, Derek do you? I do. Nice. I do. To me, I, <laughs> I, I think if I really had to choose one album from the 90s that's the best album just all around, I would choose OK Computer. Uh, okay. It's tough. That's, it's it's, it's tough. It's, well, it's tough. It, it, I thought about it. I was like, yeah, really, it's really tough to argue against it. You know, Conway Twitty's greatest hits came out in 93. Uh, so, I mean, it's got some competition, but okay, computers got it. Yeah. All right. CD, I would listen to Chemical Brothers in a boom box in the back of a 1982 Lincoln Continental March. <laughs> and that's to recreate some of the greatest driving experiences when I just got my driver's license and I had... <laughs> A 1982 Lincoln Continental Mark VI and only a boombox in the back. Uh, that was fun. Uh, tape, I would listen to Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. Oh, that's a good choice. In a 1978 Trans Am. A lot of my stuff's about cars. But it's something <laughs> about being on an open road, having a, you know, good v8 growl and some shitty vinyl seats and t-tops blasting out my michelle that is uh is perfectly fitting for tapes and also in this adventure we go to the state fair and i win one of those little mirrors that has uh, appetite for destruction printed on the mirror and i'm only eight years old so i think it's just like a cool mirror i don't realize it's like a cocaine mirror and my mom's like why'd you get that why not a doll and i'm like because it's guns and roses but uh <laughs> Live music, uh, I would see my buddy J.D. McPherson. I would want him to be able to do his tour and play his, uh, his album that, that broke him out and help support Damn. his family because he's a, he's a beautiful guy with a beautiful family. And, you know, musicians need our support. So go out and listen to some live music. All right. When are you guys going now? Wait, hold on. I just want you to, I just want to throw in sort of a, a little wild card here just, just for fun because I think that this medium, it, it, it sort of conjures up like cultural images as like sort of like a time, a period. So if you had to throw an eight track in there as well. Eight track, I, ooh, yeah, boy. Uh, I would listen <laughs> to the uh, Superfly soundtrack in a 1979 Lincoln Continental Mark V. <laughs> nice. Uh, should we throw streaming in there too? Yeah, throw streaming in there. Sure. Streaming. All right. Streaming, I would stream uh, the Synthwave playlist on Spotify 
when I'm at the H&M getting a dope pair of sweatpants for a reasonable <laughs> price. <laughs> All right. Very good. I enjoy this. This is fun. We have to have, we, we, we have to, we have to throw something like this in for every episode, like something. Well, it'll help us build the playlist too. Exactly. By the way, everybody should know that while every episode, which hasn't been too many, this is our fourth episode now, but the previous three episodes, uh, we've only done audio. We are actually on video right now so we can see each other. What, what I'm trying to say is that we're threatening to one day put this video up for one of these episodes or live stream it so you can see all of our wonderful faces and see our reaction. So I like that. Yeah, I think I think we should do that. Let's do it. There we go. All right. Who's gonna go next? Derek. Um yeah, sure. Let's go. That's 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 (laughs) throwing me under the bus. No, 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 I'll do it. I can (laughs) you know we we would be really cool if 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 we just pick if we one episode we pick each we pick each author's um choices what we think the other one might say mm. see oh, how well we know you guys that. know too much cool music like, <laughs> like oh, john you like duran duran Derek, you like uh conway twitty no i like everything um okay so vinyl my vinyl pick and would be in rainbows by radiohead oh radiohead again it is. It is probably my favorite radio head. For years, it was OK Computer. Um, but there's something about In Rainbows. Because I think it's a couple different things. It was their first album that they did uh, on their own, their first independent release. Um, they they themselves, as artists, made more money off of In Rainbows. And you, you got to name your price. People paid zero. Some people paid a dollar. Some paid more. But it, they made more money off of in rainbows than all previously uh, all previous albums combined. Wow. So yeah, but it's an awesome album. It's it's a fantastic album. It is. Um, I, I love that album. Um, CD would be Public Enemy, Fear of a Black Planet. Oh man, nice, amazing. I remember listening to that album in my car so much, just driving, uh, just anywhere, but uh, especially on hot summer days, just cranking uh, CD uh, everywhere. And uh, live, see, that's a cool thing about, I think, I don't get caught up in decades because probably if, if, I go from what I should be listening to, what everyone, you know, in my age group, they always, I think people, people tend to, to box themselves into a particular decade when they were 18, 19, whatever, you know, and they felt whatever, then they stay there. And I knew music as being, some of my favorite music is yet to even be made. So there you go. But I love uh, live would be Beyonce's 2018 Coachella performance. Oh, wow. Amazing. Good stuff. And let's see. uh, A-Track. We're going to dial it back. That's my Al Green, Let's Stay Together. Nice. So, 
and then streaming. Man, that's a tough one. It, it would have to be. It would have to be. See, I love to stream on Spotify. I like to put in an artist and listen to their radio picks like they do like a Miles Davis. You can pick any of the songs and it'd be song radio. And then it will play you just uh, mm -hmm. like a, a, a mishmash of, you know, comparable artists, you know, that kind of they think. And that's the cool thing about it, because you could pick you could go from the whole kind of blue or the Bitches Brew album, and it will change based on that, that song radio, it will change per song. So, which is cool. I could go to Bitches Brew, pray me Bitches Brew song radio, and it's going to give me a different song than the last track on an album, a different group of songs. So I love using that feature on Spotify is going to the... Uh, the artist radio and you can just dial it in and go to the song radio for any particular song in that particular album. Yeah. So I like, I like, I like doing that. So yeah, it'd be uh miles Davis streaming would be miles Davis radio. So that's always fun. Man. All right, John. You're going to do the eight track too. No, he did eight track. You didn't, oh, did do, you didn't do cassette tape. Oh, cassette. Oh, cassette. Cassette. Man. Um, Joy Division. There you go. I'd probably go... Uh, I'd probably go with that. Because that was... I remember I played that a lot on cassette uh, at the time. I remember when... I remember buying that, <laughs> that cassette at Warehouse Records and... Jackson, Michigan, back in the day, uh, Unknown Pleasures. I remember buying that and playing it. So I probably broke it. But yeah. That's the kind of music that sounds better on like a cheap tape player. Right. I mean, because they were lo-fi. They weren't, they weren't, you know, it totally fits that particular band because a lot of those band or the Smiths. The Queen is Dead or something like that. I mean, I was that was at the time when I was buying that was my my kind of uh, alternative music or the cure. Kiss me, kiss me, kiss me. Yeah. Robert Smith and company. I played. Wow. I, <laughs> I remember playing that album, that cassette so much, so much. Still, probably one of my favorite. Uh, yeah. It is. It, it is for. It is for sure. My favorite Cure album is uh, "Kiss Me Cute." Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> All right, am I up? Yep. Yes, you're up. Man, all see going last. What it does is it creates conflict in your brain, and I just <laughs> yeah. I keep changing. I keep changing. Although, okay, vinyl it's so difficult, but I think it, it, what, what it comes down to is a Miles Davis album. And I couldn't decide whether I wanted, whether I was going to choose milestones or I was going to choose kind of blue. I'm probably going to choose milestones only because that was one of the first records that I had. That I, and I used to play that at night and there was something very, there was something very personal about listening to that album. I feel like I, I kind of came of age by listening to that album. Um, so it's 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 definitely Miles Davis milestones. 
except on Sunday morning. Now, <laughs> for many, many years now, I have my Sunday morning record, and it is this beautiful record right here, Bob Marley oh, and the Whalers, Kaya. This wow. is my Sunday morning record, and no matter what mood I'm in, no matter where, where I am, I put this on, and everything's okay. <laughs> like, there's just... Is an absolutely beautiful album. I can't listen to it enough, but it is my Sunday morning record. Yeah. So I have to throw that in as well. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, CD. <laughs> I mean, this is all like sort of like a, a nostalgia trip for me. So uh, I'll probably have better answers. Not better answers. I'll probably have different answers in like a week. But as you were reading off the different mediums, there's just things that clicked in my head. So my, um, and I had to look it up to make sure I had the right name because I couldn't remember what the name of it. But um, for CD, uh, Nine Inch Nails Broken, which was the, the EP Broken. Oh man, I remember the, like I had a cheap stereo and I used to drop that CD in and turn it up as loud as I could. And that, was just it was kind of everything for for you know a good like six months there where i would just i was i, I love that ep um and i don't have the actual cd ep anymore so i i tend to stream it but for for the sake of this conversation that's the cd that i would play yeah nice. uh cassette <laughs> again this is a little bit of a nostalgia trip for me so it's uh susie and the banshee's tinderbox um, so when I was a freshman in high school, uh, many, many, many years ago, uh, it was just to give you an idea of how, how, how long ago this was, there were still smoking sections in, in, in your high school where you could actually go out what? and have a cigarette. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and as long as, uh, as long as you, <laughs> as long as you weren't smoking weed, cause the, 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 the campus police would go around and make sure you weren't smoking weed. Uh, yeah, you go out there. So there was a girl. <laughs> um, oh my god why am I doing this I'm trying to remember she was a huge Susie and the Banshees fan and Tinderbox was the first tape that I bought for someone uh, and she was a smoker so she was a sophomore I was a freshman I had to quickly become a smoker so that I could talk to her during recess and lunch and one particular day I walked out there and Tinderbox had just been released and, uh, and I gave it to her. So I bought myself a copy uh, very soon after, but um, that's always something that stuck with me. So it would have to be Susie and the Batchies Tinderbox. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Um, hey, what happened to that girl? I don't know. I don't know what happened to her. I, I never. Probably lung cancer. That's why I didn't. <laughs> you know, you I had wanted a to talk. Section? That's, in, that's blowing my mind, man. I wanted to talk to her so badly that as a freshman in high school, I had developed a half a pack a day habit so that I could continue <laughs> my conversations with her. So, yeah. Oh my God. I, st I still actually remember the first time I ever smoked a Marlboro Red, which made me so lightheaded, I almost passed out. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that was, the, that was the mid 80s. Wow. There. Um, sorry. So I got album, I got CD, I got tape. A track. A track. Oh, man. 
a track again it conjures up like a, a certain time i think it would have to be neil young zuma um the the thought of throwing on zuma maybe in a kind of an old like an old pickup truck and just driving down the coast and listening to that to that eight track but uh that sounds about right it's not as cool as owning a hearse which I think he, I think I think Neil Young did at at a time, uh, but yeah, that's a that's a great album. You guys you guys oh, have yeah. that? Yeah. Zuma, Zuma, yeah, hmm. yeah. And then, uh, so what is the context of the live show again? It's just a band that you'd want to see live. Just the, live the, the, music. Just live music. Oh well, that's like for me, it's hands down. Like it's TV on the radio. I mean, TV on the radio is for me not only the best rock band like present like presently the most talented and best rock band but uh live if you have not seen them live hopefully when the world opens back up again you'll get an opportunity but they are absolutely incredible hands down even though i've been to some amazing shows in my life that is uh that's a that's a life-changing experience there when you get to see them i think uh just interjection the world's always open we're just closed right now yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it sounds like we'll probably be, as a country, we won't be closed, but people will be closed to us. For, no, I, I think I think, indivi- I think individual people, I think we're closed right now. I think that, you know, the world's always going to be open. I think we as individuals, you know, we're, we're closed, um, which has given me, I think, this whole COVID thing has, has it really... Um, I think being closed is, is it's actually, a, it's a, it's kind of a good thing because it's helped me to kind of reprioritize some things. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of introspection, a lot of kind of valuing uh, stillness and home and family. I've done more home projects in the last six months than I've done in the last six years. <laughs> yeah. Been, you know, my gardening skills have definitely, uh, taking taken off i've had the best garden this year that i've ever had in my 10 plus years of actually gardening uh because i've been able to just kind of just watch it and and really tend to it the way that i'm supposed to yeah so yeah you know this this period i know there's a lot of there's a lot of doom and gloom you can you can talk about but there's uh there's also an opportunity to appreciate the things that i think a lot of us probably or maybe took for granted um, before COVID. I, I know I certainly did. I mean, living in Montana, I spent far too much time indoors, not experiencing the beauty of this of this state. And uh, I've I've finally had an opportunity recently to to spend more time outdoors and um, and sort of get out of my head and just <laughs> um, enjoy some of the beauty around here. So it's something that I I, I certainly appreciate a lot more now um yeah and i think i think even music i mean since since you know we're talking about like how you different parts of your different points in your life you you experience music differently i think i'm i'm back to a place that i was you know as a as a teenager as as a 20 year old i i i kind of rely on my friends i rely on my on those musicians to kind of to kind of write my ship every now and then you know um i've been listening to well, a lot even, of Nick Cave recently. That. Well, even this, even this podcast, I don't think that this may, this may, or we've talked about this 
for a while. And I think that due to, you know, COVID, I think it was finally able to, to gain some attention yeah. and to like that, that, that want we had, we had that stillness in our lives that enabled us to kind of sit our butts down and actually make it happen. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's been, it's been great. This, this conversation has been amazing, but yeah, s- sitting down with you guys and even the days we didn't record, <laughs> you, you, you guys have both said like we should have been recording some of the conversations that we had leading up to the shows. Some of those conversations are, 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 are amazing. Uh, maybe one day we'll, we'll have like the, the lost tapes. <laughs> Three states of <laughs> no, they're act- they're actually lost. Like <laughs> <laughs> they're lost. Is that it? Yeah, is that it? Yeah, <laughs> just, oh, did not save. That's <laughs> there's like digital. We don't get a fallback. Yeah. Like, oh man. Right. Well, hopefully, we'll uh, we'll be like Questlove. Maybe we'll we'll do like a show every day live. We'll just turn on the cameras and we'll just sit here and rant about about music for hours. That's there's another beautiful thing that we've gotten out of this out of out of COVID. Uh, Questlove's live streams. I don't know. Right. Have you, have you guys been watching those? Wow, that has uh, that has been a that has been a lifesaver for me on, on on more than a couple of occasions. Just turning turning on his stream and just listening to him play music. It's been uh, that's that's really great. I'm, I'm gonna miss that when when all of this is over. But uh, no, thank, uh, thanks, guys. This was an incredible conversation, and um, it's, it's something that I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna revisit time and time again. Um, the 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 endless uh, stories about our music experiences, uh, you know, can sort of pop into any of the any of these topics that we that we bring up. But um, yeah, is there anything you guys wanna you guys wanna wrap up with? Any thoughts before we? Close this one out. No, is this the fact that I'm looking at my answers and they keep changing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, it's like, you know, so many, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of started me thinking about um, just, and I think between the three of us, I think there's so, there's so much music um, that we could probably talk about. Um which is kind of unreal, which, you know, we were talking about, you know, Nine Inch Nails, so it kind of just triggered, you know, so so all the music, you know, that I was listening to at that point. Um, and then we were talking about, you know, you know, The Cure, and then uh, Susie and the Banshees, and I started thinking about This Mortal Coil and Colorbox and all these bands I used to be, you know, I used to listen to there's so many and like I said for me it was like I was I was I was always navigating all these different worlds and I had so much music I'd, I'd had the R&B and I had the rap and I had the old soul and I had the jazz and I had the rock music and the alternative music and so it just it was, it was made me those those things or those groups of people that I always used to kind of navigate between it made me even want you know, even more. And I started listening to world music and started listening to, you know, uh, World Cafe and NPR and just, you know, Echoes and all these different, I was always hungry for different music and wanting to get into music, you know, uh, yeah. So yeah. definitely looking forward to 
more conversations. And this is actually great for me because it gives me an opportunity to kind of, uh, to kind of appreciate and kind of, even I'm, I'm sure there's other people out there who, who, who have that same desire to, they want to listen. You ever look at your collection of music and you may have a thousand different things and you say, I'm tired of it. I want something new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that's why I, I'm always, it's always, I always say that I, I'm, I'm, I'm my, 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 some of my favorite music has not, yet been recorded it has the yeah. maybe the people haven't even been born yet you know but i think that's mm-hmm. the beauty of every decade every every year someone's coming out with something the world and say wow that's mm-hmm. that's pretty amazing yep. um so yeah let's keep the conversations rolling love it yeah josh before i wrap things you got any you got anything you want to throw out there bgs are good <laughs> bgs are good it's a controversial statement good. but i'm gonna i'm gonna say it no the oh, bgs yeah. are amazing and andy gibb yeah bring him too i like all that that's good stuff right <laughs> um uh, just just sort of echoing uh what derek is was saying there if if, if, if there's one thing and we, we've said this probably on every episode but if there's one thing that we'd love you know our listeners to take away from this it's is that that world of music that that's out there, you're really only limited by your own. Um, don't let your, don't overthink it. <laughs> don't overthink when you want to listen to a piece of music or a band or a different genre or something, just listen to it, experience it. If I can listen to, you know, um, you know, to, <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> if I can listen to new Jack swing and like one day, like say you're, Teddy Riley and, 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 and the next day listen to like Diamanda Gallus or like Fu Manchu or like Stoner Rock. Like you can go out there and experience music on your terms. Listen to all of it. There is something to be found. And if you don't, if it doesn't grab you the first time, it, that's, that's not bad. That, 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 you know, that doesn't say anything about you. Just there's, there's enough out there to spend your time um, being exposed to just as many pieces of of beautiful, beautiful music as possible. Don't limit yourself. Please do not limit yourself. Um, thanks guys. Again, this has been incredible. Uh, as always, we will have a playlist up shortly, um, with a lot, uh, on, on Spotify with a lot of the bands, a lot of the pieces of music that we, that we spoke about. Uh, and please interact with us on social three states of sound on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. Ask us some questions. We'll answer those. We'll have like, segments and stuff will be like conan o'brien like mm-hmm. amazing <laughs> things going on um yeah so uh thanks guys for listening and please be well be safe uh and we will see you talk to you later <laughs>